Well, good evening. Um, oops, sorry. My IT expertise is the downside. When I first um, was asked to do a reflection and I was given this, the first thing that popped in my mind was, um, you have a friend in the car business. Have you heard that commercial? It was like, okay. And then I was thinking about all of us who are at Aldi's trying to, you know how when you take a stone and you flip it across the lake and it wants to see how many skips you can do? Well, at Aldi's, we have this, how many quarters can you pass forward? So when you're trying to put your buggy in and somebody comes to get, oh, you know, I'm going to give you a quarter for it so that you keep passing this quarter so people, and they look so surprised that, and, and what a gift one small quarter is so that you don't have to put it in your buggy to use. And then I thought, I think I better read John's Gospel again. So I did, and I read it again and again. And like everything that we have in our scripture, there's more layering that comes to, to us as we read the words. And so I came to the part where he tells his disciples they're no longer servants because the servants do not know what the master is thinking. And he calls them friends because he has revealed everything to them. Everything he had learned from his father. And I think one of the things that got me was we didn't choose him. We chose. He chose us. And it, he encouraged each of us to remain in him and he in us. So then as I thought more about those words, I kept thinking about how do we grow deeper in that love with Jesus? What are the things that are keeping us from seeing things when our hearts are all cluttered? And almost as if our hearts and our minds have blinders on that we just get in a narrow path. And sometimes we fail to see God's love, not only in ourselves, but in others. So this brings me to a story that kept coming back to me during my readings. And it's the story about Steve. And at age 17, Steve left home. He left his parents and his sibs behind, and he traveled across the country doing odd jobs and living in homeless camps. He would touch base at home every few years, but never stayed more than a few days. Over the years, he would stay at the pet jet on Bessemer Superhighway. The manager, Darius, African-American, and the owner, Amir, from Iran, had befriended him over the years when he would stop by. And he would get the milk cart from out back of the gas station and take a gallon of tea and sit out there and wave to everybody as they came in to get their gas or groceries. So on this last visit to the jet pet, he became ill, and Darius 
and Amir took him to the local clinic. And he was diagnosed with cancer, but it was too late for treatment. <coughs> Part of that not having treatment was also the fact that he was not going to be any place that was going to confine him. Um, and so they, the doctor was really bought into Steve. He just felt like he really wanted to do something for him, even though he couldn't cure him. So he called hospice in hopes that they could figure out how to manage his comfort needs at the pet jet. He had refused to go home or go in the hospital. I met Steve living in a plastic tent in the back of the station, and with Darius and Amir, he agreed to stay at Darius' sister's basement. In the meantime, he had shown me all of his possessions that he owned, which were in the, underneath the plastic tarp, and was upset that someone had come and stolen his two pair of socks, the only two pair of socks he had. So he was very distrustful, and so we tried to encourage him to stay in the basement of the sister. She was going to attend to his needs. We'll leave the back door open. You can come and go as you wish. And as we made our visits, our relationship grew. And then our chaplain got involved. And he was able to gain his trust by taking him out for breakfast once a week. And we were able to locate, by taking some of his information, his sister and brother in South Alabama. He was still very reluctant to have us contact them, or he wanted not to see them just yet. And shortly after we found them, he became acutely ill and died in the hospital. We recontacted the family and they asked if we could bring him and bury him in their family cemetery. So our chaplain, Lonnie, and myself, and a contingent from the pet jet and their families drove down to somewhere in South Alabama, and we got to a very large field. And in the middle of the field was this wonderful iron fence with the family plot. And there was this big vertical uh, headstone sitting in the middle, and there were all these smaller stones. And one of the things that caught my eye was this stone that said Nellie servant on it. Now the dates preceded the Civil War on some of these stones. And obviously, Nellie had been their servant and may have also been their slave working on their farm. Normally, they are outside the fence, but they had loved her so much that when they buried her, they buried her in with the family. So that began to clue us into how this family developed relationships with each other. So then, as the cars pulled up on both sides of this field, followed by the hearse, Darius, Amir, and Darius' sister, Shirley, began walking to the center of this field where the cemetery was. And from the other side, this man and woman began walking towards them, carrying a box 
with Steve's ashes. And when they reached the center, they began hugging. Tears of gratitude and love being exchanged. They were strangers. But these strangers had brought Steve finally home to his family. So how do we grow deeper in loving awareness of our brothers and sisters? Because sometimes they're not what you expect, or who you expected, or where you expected it. And how do we bring our awareness to the wonders of creation that when we practice mindfulness and being present with people? Pope Francis refers to this as an attitude of the heart. So tonight I thought it would be good for us to practice presence and being in the moment, what we call heart breath. And heart breath allows us to open our hearts, to be available to God's love that already exists inside of us, so that we know and can mirror his love in the world. So I'm going to ask you, if you would, in this practice, is that we'll be looking for the present moment. We're going to be letting go in that place where there is no past moment. There's no future moment. There's only this moment. <coughs> it is going to be the moment when we can open our hearts and experience this connection to God, to God's love. So I'm going to ask you, if it's comfortable for you, just take your hands and extend your fingers over your chest. Relax your elbows. Make sure your feet are placed firmly on, on the ground and you're comfortable in your seat. If you want to take your glasses off, you can. Um, and just have your fingers barely, barely touching. And I just want you to observe your regular breath, your own breath. Just the up and down of your breath. Don't try to control it. Just kind of just be aware of that subtle movement of your breath, the gentleness of it, the breath we take for granted. And then be aware of the breath as it begins to enter your nostrils, that coolness of the breath. And as it goes down the back of the throat, soften your eyes and soften your jaw, soften your heart, and just allow the air to go. Now I'm going to ask you when you take an in-breath, to take a deeper in-breath so that what you'll notice is look at the space between the fingers. As you take a deep breath and the ribs expand and the chest lifts, the fingers are going to naturally separate. It's going to create a space. And as you exhale, the fingers gently come back and touch. So let us breathe gently, deeply, without forcing it, lifting and opening 
on your next breath in, breathe in mercy. deep breath, we're going to breathe in Holy Spirit. Just gently say that to yourself as you breathe in, lifting, opening. And then on the exhale, breathe out God's love. Breathe in love, open the heart, lift the heart, fill the space with love. Breathe out, restored. And bring yourself back to the awareness of your breath. Of that in breath and the warmth of your out breath. And Father, we come to you with cluttered hearts. We ask you to open our hearts to you and to all of your creation. Keep us mindful of the love that you have given to us. That you have chosen us. 
help us to choose you in our daily lives. Amen. You'll find some questions uh, on your table. And you're welcome to pick out one or two and just discuss them. And um, I'll give you a few minutes. Let me see what time it is. We'll just give you a few minutes to look at the questions and whatever pops up in your mind, kind of hold on to that. Or what was your experience as far as opening the heart, right? This is a good exercise, a good practice to use at any point in time, um, at work, in the grocery store in line, when you're trying to get on 280 on the Red Mountain Expressway and they won't let you in. <laughs> um, so it's just, it's kind of a mindfulness to quiet and be present with where you are and what you're doing. in my mind is it's really hard preaching 2017 and 2018 I was sharing this with Frank but you can if people really know that you love them you can push a little bit more in challenging the, the, the counter side of that is that if you know that God loves you you can really be yourself as well who you are and be comfortable with that um, both of those things 